Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 296. We're continuing our mini-series on creating an audiobook. And so let's uh, recap where we are right now. Episode 291 is my conversation with Angelo Spinello. He's the author of the book, I Am a Professional Metalhead. I was the uh, voiceover talent for the book, and we had a great conversation just talking about the process. So you might want to start there. But the official kickoff for the miniseries was uh, 294, where I talk about considerations for whether you should be a voiceover artist for an audiobook. So you might want to check that out. And then last week on 295, we talked about considerations, workflow options, establishing an agreement with an author to record their audiobook or to be the voiceover talent for their audiobook. I want to add an addendum to the last two episodes. So I talked about ways, very briefly, ways you can hire yourself out as a voiceover talent. One way is to go to Audible and pitch yourself. And I'm not exactly sure uh, whether or not they actually act as a mediator or as the medium for the contract or if they simply will list talent that are available for the authors to browse and to um, uh, speak with and negotiate with. Whereas if you go with Fiverr and Upwork, you're really a freelancer and you're using the Fiverr and Upwork platform as part of the ecosystem to negotiate. So Audible... Uh, and I'll have a link to their website. Basically, what you do is you email them. And uh, basically, they have a couple of things that they want if you want to be considered a voiceover talent. One is a two-minute clip of audiobook narration. Now, if you have not done any audiobook narration, I talked about this uh, last week and two weeks ago that you might want to take a, a book that's out of copyright or a poem and just read a two-minute passage out of it and use that as your audiobook narration sample. They will want lists to any uh, books that you have been an audiobook narrator for, links to your website if applicable, and contact, including your location. So I'm not sure what happens after that if you email them. I don't know if they have like a listing or a bulletin board so or if they do act more as sort of the, the mediator go-between between, between uh, uh, author or publisher and voiceover talent. So if any of you have um, uh, been a uh, voiceover for hire through Audible, I would love to hear that more about that. And you can probably find blogs and uh, podcasts and uh, videos of people who've talked about that experience. I also want to point out, and I want to differentiate between doing this as a solo, which is what I'm mostly focusing on. If you're a solopreneur, or if you're a solo voiceover artist, or you're a freelancer, as opposed to being hired by a publisher. And one of the cool things is that, um, you know, my friend Alyssa Carpenter, who I talked about, she had her book traditionally published, and her book, How to Listen, How to Be Heard, Great book. I also recommend it. And because it was done through a publisher, the audiobook was a lot more of a formal process. As I mentioned before, Alyssa was not necessarily automatically picked to be the voiceover talent for the audiobook. She actually had to audition for it. She had to submit an audition, and I believe that included an audio sample, and they had to decide whether or not she was the right fit. And no surprise, Alyssa being multi-talented, was picked as the voiceover talent for her own book. The way it works with a publisher, especially one with a budget, is that they actually 
have a studio where they uh, they contract with a studio where the talent will go in, work with the director, work with sound engineers. They usually have a very professional sound booth. And the audiobook narration is usually a full one to maybe two or three day process where they'll knock out the entire book. So if you do this through a publisher, uh, you will be subject to their contract. I don't know that there's a lot of wiggle room. It's probably a standard contract that uh, – that you will be bound by and you will be paid for it. You'll go to a specific location. It might be out of state, and that's something that uh, you work out with the publisher, whether or not that's covered in terms of travel expenses and all of that type of stuff. But that process is much more formal, and that is done at the direction of both the publisher and whoever the recording studio is, whether it's in-house or outsourced. If you're doing this as a solo, and I talked about this a lot last week, you have to manage everything yourself. You've got to negotiate the workflow, the schedule, delivery dates, especially if you are managing other projects or you're working full-time and maybe being an audiobook narrator is not your full-time thing. You may have to negotiate that with the author or let them know kind of what the expectation is in terms of delivery. So when I worked with Angelo, I wasn't simply recording his audiobook. I was managing other projects. And so we negotiated basically a three-month workflow. And as I mentioned last week, uh, the book was scheduled under the original schedule to come out around June. But because of the pandemic and because I had more time and because I wasn't able to do some of the other projects I was working on, I was able to devote a lot more time and work ahead. But that's something that you need to work out. You need to work out delivery dates, schedule, workflow, how closely you're going to work with the author. And one other thing I'm going to mention as well is one of the things that you should also think about negotiation, uh, negotiating is the use of samples. So uh, I mentioned this briefly last week. You're going to be turning over the copyright to the author or to the publisher, if as the case may be, because you're doing a derivative work of an author's book. However, it is in your interest to make sure that you have a license or have permission to use samples. And actually, Angelo and I did negotiate that. I won't go into specifics because that's confidential, but that's something that one of the things that we did talk about was negotiating the use of samples so that I could promote the book, help him promote the book for one. But also if I wanted to continue doing uh, audiobook narration as a voiceover artist, I have a sample that I can use. All right. Uh, I do encourage you check out 295 and 294 to uh, if you're just starting out and if you just discovered this podcast. Today, what we're going to talk about is the setup. We're going to talk about some of the equipment the environment, and what kind of setup will be ideal for this because that's going to be extremely important, especially if you're doing this as a solo. If you're working with a publisher, if you're hired by a publisher, a lot of times, again, you're going to be going into a professional recording studio, working with a director or sound engineer. They're going to really be managing you. And if you've ever done any acting, it's very similar. You're, you're basically working with a director at a studio, and they're guiding you on a performance that you have to give for the narration. However, if you're doing this as a solo, you have to have the right setup to do an audiobook because one thing you need to know is that Audible, which is the major publisher where the files will be submitted, will be reviewed. Audible is extremely picky. They're very strict. 
and they will bounce back or reject audiobook files if it does not meet with their standards. And in fact, they have a very long laundry list of standards that you have to hit to make sure that the book is approved before it will be published. All right, so let's talk about equipment. I recommend use a computer. Do not, do not, do not use your phone. And I'm going to caution you on using a tablet as well because uh, there is one piece of software that you can use on a, a tablet, especially an iPad. However, there's another piece of software, which I'm going to talk about later, which I believe is only exclusive to if you're using a, a notebook or a laptop or a, a desktop PC. All right, high-grade mic. This is probably going to be the most important. Ideally, for audiobooks, you're going to want to use one that is a professional-grade microphone. It is going to be more expensive. I do recommend if if you really want to do this, and if you're thinking about doing this as a side hustle or maybe even as a future professional gig, you want to have a good quality microphone. And there are a lot of mics out there. I'm not going to go through them all. I recommend do your research. Hop on the Google machine. Hop on YouTube. You'll find plenty of videos and plenty of blogs and articles and things like that about from audiobook narrators, one with a lot more experience than me. I've only done one audiobook, but there are many out there who are freely sharing their tips and the equipment that they like uh, and recommendations for microphones. So I will talk a little generally. Uh, you'll probably want, if you ha- don't have a professional-grade mic, you're going to want one that either has what's called an XLR cable which is just a fancy kind of uh, audio plug uh, that's attached to the microphone, Uh, plus an adapter so you can plug it into your computer, and that might involve a a sound mixer or or things like that. Or you can use a high-grade USB mic. I'm going to recommend that you avoid cheap microphones, specifically microphones that have a 3.5-millimeter jack and an adapter, You're going to run to a lot of headaches with sound issues, with technical issues. I highly recommend it's not worth saving a few dollars to buy a cheap microphone, and you're not going to get the sound quality that you need. Now, a cheap microphone may be fine for anything else you need to do, whether it's videos, podcasts even. However, if you are serious about doing an audiobook, spend the dollars to get a good microphone, especially if you're going to use it for the long haul. The other cool thing is is that if you get a nice mic, you obviously can use it for other things. You can use it to create videos. If you have a YouTube channel, you can clearly use it for podcasting. Uh, So I recommend invest in that. If you want to know which microphone I use, I actually was able to use the same microphone that I'm using now for the podcast. It's called the ATR2100. It is a workhorse. I've had this since day one of this podcast. It's a USB mic, plugs right into my MacBook. It's a workhorse. It delivers really good sound quality. It's great for the podcast. Uh, is it the best for audiobooks? I would say probably not. I would say that there are uh, microphones out there that are more expensive that will do an even better job. However, I found that I could use the ATR and use make adjustments as needed on the software to produce a rich enough sound that met the requirements for Audible. So if you're on a little bit of a budget, it's a less expensive microphone too. I really like it. However, I do recommend do your research. And if you do plan on 
pursuing this really seriously, you might want to invest even more dollars to get a really, really top-of-the-line microphone. I recommend also use a sound or pop guard. And what exactly is that? It's basically a filter. It goes. It's an overlay right on top of the mic. And what it does is it ha- helps reduce what are called sound pops or sound chips. Like when you speak, sometimes you might hear a little bit of that. Just It's the nature of the human voice box. And the sound guard will help filter those out. All right, let's talk about software. This is where I'm going to give you some really good news. A lot of you may be thinking or wondering, do I need really fancy software to do an audiobook? The good news is no, you don't. Uh, In fact, there are two standards which are free, believe it or not. One is called GarageBand, and it is exclusive to Mac OS. And so you can get it on your MacBook. You can get it on your phone or tablet, but I'm going to, again, caution you on using your your tablet unless you're really savvy with it, unless you're really comfortable with it, uh, and you're, you're committed to using GarageBand, I would recommend you're probably better off using a MacBook or some other PC. Uh, the other piece of software is Audacity. It is free. Believe it or not, it is freeware. It is fantastic. I actually ended up using Audacity for the audiobook for Angelo for I Am a Professional Metalhead. It is both PC and Mac compatible. Uh, You can download versions for both. It is not, however, available for mobile. So that would rule out using it for, let's say, a tablet or your phone. And again, I'm going to caution you against even trying to record an audiobook using the Voice Notes app on your phone. It's fine if you want to just test it out or practice or maybe do an, a, a quick audition like I did with Angelo. You do not want to use this for an audiobook. You are going to run into a lot of problems and you're going to run into a lot of technical headaches. All right, in terms of environment, this is really key. This is as important as the microphone. You really want to have as soundproofed an environment with low or no echoing. And ideally, a room in your house that has no windows and maybe a lower ceiling so it doesn't have a lot of reverb. And I know you may not have that option. Uh, Some people have talked about using closed closets. I don't know how comfortable it is to sit in your closet and record an uh, audiobook, much less a podcast. But I know people who do that. They actually record their podcast from their closed closet. Audiobook is a much longer endeavor, so you might not be comfortable doing that. Uh, You can use things like foam crates if you want to line your walls to cut down on the reverb. Just, you know, basically foam uh, insulation, just like uh, sponge or foam. They call them egg crates. If you have a few more dollars, they do have sound booths that you can purchase. You can actually buy these. Uh, I think they're on Amazon. So uh, if you really, really are serious about doing this, I'm going to recommend, and I'm of the philosophy, don't spend the dollars unless you know you're going to do something. So I'm more on the conservative side when it comes to that. So I recommend it's a very expensive thing to buy a sound booth or have one built in your home. So uh, I would recommend, unless you're really going to be doing this seriously, where you have a lot of audiobooks under your belt and it's time to upgrade, maybe that's something you might want to do later on. But you you can do very inexpensive measures to cut down on the echo and reverb. You want to eliminate... The external noise. You don't want to have any white noise. The only thing that should be heard on the sound files is your voice. And your voice needs to be really rich, pronounced. And uh, I'm going to talk about specific settings for that next week. 
All right, there's other one more other piece of software which I'm not as familiar with. I know uh, a few podcasters who swear by it, but Adobe Audition, and that's part of the Adobe suite. It, it produces really beautiful sound, and I imagine that is also perfectly fine for using audiobooks. Uh, I am by no means the expert. I'm only sharing my experience doing one audiobook, but there are a lot of experts out there, YouTube videos, blogs, check those out. And again, I'm going to reference you to Audible's Cheat Sheet, which I will have linked in the write-up that will go through the laundry list of things that you need to produce files that are going to be uh, of the right quality for Audible. All right, next week, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the software GarageBand, Audacity, and why I ended up using Audacity for Angelo's audiobook. Speaking of which, if you want to get Angelo's audiobook, I Am a Professional Metalhead, narrated by yours truly, there's a link in the write-up. It's an affiliate link where you can get a free trial to Audible if you're not already a member and get that book for free. And it's yours to keep, whether or not you stay with Audible. If you're already an Audible member, obviously you have those credits, and I encourage you if you're interested in checking out the book. It is a fantastic book, not not just because I narrated it, or not because I narrated, but in and of itself, it's a great book, and it was a pleasure and an honor to record it. All right, the write-up for this episode's at bemovingforward.com. Have a great week. Have a great 4th of July. I'll be back next week.